This is episode 82 of Bella in Your Business. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vasta with Jump Consulting, and today I am here with Randa Clark from Tail Chasers Pet Heroes. Randa and I have known each other for quite a while now, and she is one of the most dynamic mompreneurs that I know out there. Randa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bella. For those of you who don't know you or haven't seen you online or in the Facebook groups, explain to us where you're from, where your company is, how long ago you started. Tell us the background. We are in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. We started our business around March of 2004 is when it officially opened and actually got clients when we started everything a little bit before then. But that's when we actually started actively working. It started out as just me and I got a few employees on board. And then a couple of years later, Matt joined on with me. So now we are a husband and wife team. And sometimes the two kids help us out with invoicing and that sort of thing, too. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. The reason why I wanted to have you on today was exactly kind of what you just alluded to. It's that you and Matt are doing this together, which is rare, but yet also pretty popular in our industry. But not a lot of people talk about it. I love how you guys tag team it. I also know that you have two little ones and do homeschool. And if you follow I follow your Facebook feed and I'm always like, how does she do it all? You always seem to be doing the most interesting things, whether it's the Lego movie or displays or the homeschooling coops that you call. Can you give us an insight to what like a day in the life of Randa and family is like and how old your babies are? Actually, Miles is across from me right now doing his schoolwork. (laughs) But Miles is eight and Dylan is three. So Uh the way my days usually work is I get up in the morning and usually the kids actually get up around the same time as me and we tote Dylan off to preschool and then I handle all the morning stuff because we mainly do dog walking. So a lot of what our morning routine is, is getting on our email and voicemail and seeing who canceled and making sure all the dog walkers know not to go there if they've canceled. And then I return all the client emails. So usually I only spend about an hour, sometimes two hours in the morning getting back to everyone. Because I've set it up in a way that I can do everything quickly because we've worked with our clients so that they can communicate with us electronically so that I can get the emails out quickly. Because sometimes when you get on the phone with people, they end up telling you everything about their day and their week and (laughs) it takes so much longer. So we've learned that doing things electronically via email really helps to streamline everything. It also makes it easy for me to transfer to an office manager or someone if I know that I'm not going to be available for that day. The rest of the day I spend working with Miles and then I handle any issues that the dog walkers have while they're out. And then I'll usually take an hour or two in the afternoon to work on advancing the business and like figuring out new ways to do marketing, new ways to get more training into our employees. I love that. Like basically what you did is you made the business fit into your life. It sounds like, did you consciously decide you wanted to only be dog walking or were you also pet sitting and then you kind of cut it out? Tell us, because I think a lot of our listeners, you know, they're like, well, that's great that you do dog walking, but you know, I have pet sitting clients too, and I can't just give them up or was it a conscious decision or something that evolved over time and why? It completely evolved over time. And that's a lot about what works with this business is you really have to be flexible. It's its own beast and it's going to behave however it wants to. And so what we learned is we had a lot more dog walking. And so that's where we put a lot of our focus. We still absolutely do pet sitting. However, we've adjusted things and raised the prices to kind of slow down supply and demand so that our lives aren't complete chaos. 
And it also, since we've got a little bit more income coming in on the pet sitting side, it helps because now we can pay managers to handle the crazy things like I locked my keys in my car or I locked my keys in the client's house and now I can't get in. So we have other people to help us with that because you can't be on 24 seven without completely losing your mind. You have to be able to step away, even if it's only for an hour, that mm-hmm. hour makes a huge difference when you know no one's going to call me during this hour and say something crazy that's going to put me on high alert and put me in fight or flight mode and make my day go nuts. <laughs> but you also, I mean, a lot of what we've learned is you really have to be flexible and your plans have to be fluid. So yeah, we go to Legoland in the middle of the day or Six Flags, but I also know that there's a chance I might get a call and I might have to leave. And my kids know that too, but they also know that they get to do a lot more fun things than most people do. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> I have mom envy for what you do with your kids. I think it's amazing. And I think it's so much fun. And I'm like, I wish we lived like near each other. <laughs> so you said you started the business back in 2004, was it? Yes. So tell me about pre-momhood versus after momhood. How are you running the business and what did children do to help shift your business mindset? It completely changed everything, especially with Miles. So when I was in labor with Miles, I finished my dog walking route while in labor and went and did paychecks because I wanted to make sure that everybody got paid before we had this baby. And it was a good thing I did because I ended up with preeclampsia and I was in the hospital for five days on my back and couldn't move. Wow. So luckily, I mean, everything really happens for a reason. We already had it yeah. set up so that the dog walks would be handled. Yeah. But I mean, everything had to be handled. I actually have pictures of me laying in the hospital bed with miles on my arm on my laptop. So oh my <laughs> but I made everything so I could do it without having to be out in the field. And that's really the key. If you want to be able to have a life is don't put yourself in the field. I mean, we have to me and Matt make sure like Matt the other day was talking about we have a difficult dog that we've been having some trouble with. He's like, well, I'll just, it's right by the office. I'll just walk that dog. And I'm like, no, I'm like, you can't have yourself scheduled in the field because then you'll be like, oh, I'm already walking one dog. So I'll just walk two dogs. And then you end up with a whole route and you really have to keep your schedule open. And especially if you do a lot of dog walking because the flu is going around here and we never know when we're going to get a call that, oh, I woke up with 103 fever. Yeah. And then we could have to step out if our subs are all busy. So your example that you just gave of we love our business and we want to be there for our business. So we want to just jump into things like that. Like, you know what? I'll do it. I'll sacrifice myself. Right. But what you just did is you made a bigger decision. And that was something I wanted to kind of bring up with you today that I've noticed about you that I really admire about you that I want our listeners to be inspired about. And that's decision making. I'm sure every decision you've made throughout your business hasn't always worked out, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the great thing is that you are making these decisions and these decisions are connected to, I would imagine, your goal of wanting to have that work-life family balance, you know, being able to have that morning time with your kids. And I'm sure a lot of people are saying, how are you running a multi six figure business and homeschooling your kids and managing office managers and all that stuff? I would say it's because you've made decisions. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like there's a real true mindset that you have that I think a lot of our listeners are wanting to understand how to get there. My why is attached to my soul. Your why has to be so very deep that you'll do anything for it. I mean, sometimes I work crazy hours. I mean, I know, yes, I have a great work-life balance, but me and Matt work 
a lot of hours sometimes, but it's when we like this week in particular, it's a really rough one, but we have to. And what we're learning is the more time that I can spend putting processes together so that I can hand it off to other people, that's less time I'll have to work. So what it ends up being, it ends up being a lot more time now, but in the future, I know that it won't be. So, I mean, it's putting a lot of processes together and trying to figure out kind of how to clone me and Matt so that someone else can do what we do. And we're just now learning how to do that even more because now we have an office manager. So this year in January is when we finally got an office outside of the house, which if you can do that, it makes such a huge difference because we can step away and go to the office and say, okay, now I'm working. And then at home, it makes it a little bit more like your home again instead of your work home. And then you can put an office manager in place. Office manager makes such a huge difference because if someone needs to pick up a key, I don't have to run here. I can say, hey, is she going to be there for them to pick up the key? And now we're giving her, I mean, once you get one, then you want to give them more and more and more and more hours because that's less hours that I have to be there. Uh And so I'm working, I mean, especially in our mastermind group right now, I'm working on getting more processes together so that I can give more away of what I do because I can't step away. I mean, we, when we go on vacation, I still do my two hours of emails in the morning and I want to completely be able to step away. So it's important. (laughs) Absolutely. I love what you said about the office manager and we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, Randa, I want to hear more about the actual tasks that you are delegating to her. And I want to hear of when it went wrong and how you overcame that and corrected and continued. We'll be back after these messages. Are you concerned that accepting credit cards for your pet sitting business is too complicated or too expensive? Well, if you answered yes, I have good news. It's probably because you've not heard of Leaders Merchant Services. Trust me, Leaders Merchant Services makes accepting credit cards super easy and affordable for my business. They work with all kinds of businesses throughout the United States, and they have developed a special rate plan just for pet sitters like us. I know Leaders Merchant Services can help your business. I've even got a dedicated representative to speak to, and he's always happy to share valuable information. Working with Leaders Merchant Services is like having a friend or family member in the credit card processing business. If you want to know more or see how much they can save your business a month, go to jumpconsulting.net forward slash credit card. That's jumpconsulting.net forward slash credit card. So I can personally connect you with my specialist. And we're back and I'm here with Randa Clark and we are getting into all how she's an awesome mompreneur juggling a husband, two kids, a business, a growing business called Tail Chaser Pet Heroes in the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. Randa, so we were talking a little bit about how your business kind of started evolving and changing once you took that leap and got that office manager. Tell us a little bit about that experience, the good and the bad. So we got a small office. It's really nothing fancy. I'm sitting in it right now. It's a little bitty office. And we decided that we were going to put an office manager in place. But an office manager is a really big expense. So what we started with is we took one of our dog walkers and most of our dog walkers work 10 to 2, 11 to 2, depending on what their route is like. So what we did is we just said, okay, for an hour or two in the morning, we're going to have her come to the office. And I just email her a list of things to do. So she started out just coming in, you know, 45 minutes or so before her route. And then we just keep adding more and more work to her. And she keeps coming a little bit earlier each time. And now we're actually going to swap out her route and have her be here from, you know, like nine in the morning until like three in the afternoon. And then eventually we'll add to it and she'll be here till five. So it helps. 
because now I have this person I'm like, well, I'm paying her no matter what. So I got to give her something to do. Otherwise, she's just going to sit here. Yeah. <laughs> so it helps. It helps to keep me motivated to hand off more things that I do because I'm totally a control freak. And I mean, ask Matt. He will absolutely tell you I'm a control freak. So it helps me to not micromanage so much. And it makes me realize that people can do what I do. I'm not anything special. It's not like this is rocket science. She really can do the things that I do. So it's learning that and realizing that she answers phone calls just as well as I do. And she replies to people just as well as I do. You just want to have somebody in place who's friendly and kind of fits your mindset. I love that. You had mentioned so many good things in there. I was trying not to interrupt you. Just keep letting you flow there. You were saying that you're a control freak. And I know a lot of people are self-acclaimed control freaks, myself included. (laughs) So tell me what your best advice is to someone listening that says, no one can do it the way I can do it. Or I tried that, Randa, and they were horrible or they messed something up. I'm sure you've had times where you've delegated something and it was it didn't oh, meet your expectations. How did you overcome that and keep true to that mindset that I need to delegate because of my why? You have to realize that they're not going to be exactly like you. And if there's particular things that you absolutely have to have said in a phone conversation, then you need to write it out for them. And I mean, you can even lay it out and say, okay. If someone says this, you can say A, B, or C, depending on how they're communicating with you. You can lay it out and make it that specific for them if you really feel like they're not going to handle things the way you want them to. But really, I mean, you want to hire someone who has a personality similar to yours if you want them to act like you. But we have some clients that don't like me, but they absolutely love our office manager or they love Matt. That's really a lot of what works well with having me and Matt as a team, because some people would much rather talk to a man than a woman. And I find out it's a lot of our female clients really like talking to Matt. So (laughs) (laughs) it's not taking it too personal is what I'm hearing you say. It's not saying, oh, ho, ho, he, I can't do this or I can't find someone or what do you mean you don't want to talk to me or not taking it personal that, you know, they'd rather talk to the office manager. The office manager's sole job is to handle those problems and do that job. Your job, that's only one part of your 10 things that you need to do. So in all honesty, they're probably going to be better than you, right? Right. (laughs) Absolutely. She's much better looking than me. (laughs) (laughs) But also you have to remember, I mean, you can't nitpick them at everything. You want to make sure that they feel empowered too. Because everybody wants to feel like, oh, I can make the good decisions and feel valuable because if you're nitpicking them about everything, and Matt gets on me about this because I'm totally nitpicky. Uh He's like, you know, what she did really wasn't a big deal. I think you should just let it go. So, I mean, we were like a yin and yang together. So it helps. I totally get the, oh, she didn't say exactly what I wanted her to say, but she still handled it in a way that the customer was happy. And that's really what matters. And a lot of what I've learned in this business, I mean, we've been doing this for 14 years now, which seems crazy, but you really have to accept the things you can't change. I mean, if it's already like, for example, a cat client shows up at home and you realize that there was a litter box that they didn't tell you about that didn't get scooped. And now they're mad. I can't change it. I can't change the fact that that litter box didn't get scooped. So it's not, I mean, I used to stay up at night worrying about these things and now I've learned I can't change it. What I can do is try to make it up to that client, but I can't go back and make that litter box be scooped. So there's no reason to freak out about it. You'll go crazy in this business. What you just did there is you took the emotions out of it and looked at the facts. 
And you said, what can I do factually? And that's another really great example of a good mindset in this, because when you are starting to step away and manage, there are many things that you're not going to have control over. You only have control over your reaction to them or your, sorry, your response to them. Not really react. You know, you don't want to have a reaction. You want to have a response. I also loved, you said, accept the things you can't change. I wrote that down because I think it's going to be a tweetable for this. (laughs) something a lot of us need to know. Okay. So we talked about the kind of things and how you're able to delegate. Let's talk more about how do you manage this with Matt? Like, have you guys divvied up? Okay. This is your department. This is my department. I'm going to take care of this. You're going to take care of that. How do you still have a sexy marriage and a sexy business? (laughs) (laughs) Because you've been growing this very substantially. Right. Well, the way that we've worked it out and it's just kind of been fluid and flown into this is Matt is the one who comes to the office He handles the phone calls because he's the one who goes and meets with the clients. So he handles the phone calls because a lot of times he's talked to them in person. And so I feel like he relates to them a little bit better. And then he's here training the dog walkers and all those sorts of things, just because that's just kind of the way it worked out that I was at home with the babies is when, you know, when you're a nursing mom, it's kind (laughs) of got to be mom there. So that's kind of how it just kind of rolled into that. So I was at home with the kids. He is at the office. A lot of times he'll come and he'll work from home too. But when Lindsay's not here at the office, he comes to the office and works here. He does all the phone calls all the in-client meetings, anything that's voice or in person, he does. I handle all of the emails and any of like the accounting and that sort of stuff. And part of that is just because I've done all the accounting since the beginning. And I don't even think he has any interest in even diving into that stuff. Yeah. So So he's kind of like operation. I do the stuff that can be handled anywhere. And I like the way that you describe that too. Like I'm like the virtual owner. He's like the on the ground owner. Anything you need right. to physically be there for, he's there. <laughs> right. We have some employees that I've never even seen in person. So like, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. I'm just fascinated by this because I don't know a lot of husband and wife teams that work as well as you. I don't. It's just, it's really cool. It also helps because then we're not working together all day because yeah. we we'll totally argue with each other. If we were both here in the office all day, I would be nagging him. <laughs> yeah. It seems like you both like you stay in your lanes or you respect it. You might come together to like for the big decisions, but right, okay, you're going to train him that way. Go train him that way. <laughs> so what is the best advice you would give to someone that is, you know, maybe they're 50 years old or so, and they're thinking about retiring and they want to maybe start this with their husband or wife or their spouse. What's your best advice to couples wanting to go into this business? What would you tell yourself if you were to start today? What's the best piece of advice? <laughs> Raise your prices. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> really? That's a big one because if you start low, then it's so much harder to raise prices on a client that you've already had than to just start them at that price, obviously. And then you can afford to have an office and hire an office manager and have managers to handle things like pressing because you never know what's going to happen. When I started my business six months in, I had to have surgery with a six week recovery and it kind of threw me into, hey, you got to hire somebody. Yeah. But it's really hard. I mean, when you start out, the best advice I can give is fill yourself a route and then give it away and then fill yourself a route and give it away and keep doing that over and over and over again. And then you'll have enough income to hire a sub and fill their route and then give it away. And just I mean, you can just keep duplicating it like that. But the big thing is you got to keep yourself out of the field. I know it's hard in the beginning because you need an income, but the more you can keep yourself out of the field, the more time you can spend advancing your business because these clients, 
if they have you taking care of their pets, it's going to be harder for you to transfer them to one of your employees. Whereas if they've always had an employee caring for their pets, it's pretty easy to switch from employee to employee, but not the owner to the employee because you've got a vested interest in the business and they totally understand that and they're going to want to keep you. Yeah. And if they meet the owner as the operator and their relationship is with the operator of the company and they trust that the operator will dispatch whoever the operator right. feels is good, that alliance is to the company and less to the right. actual physical person doing the dog walk. Right. And what we've done is we've had people, instead of them building their faith in one person, they build their faith in our training structure and our hiring structure. Mm-hmm. So that if somebody, I mean, we had one leave with no notice this week because she took yeah. a full-time job and had to start the next day. I don't blame her, but it was quick and we could switch someone the next day and say, Hey, you're going to have a new dog walker tomorrow, but they're trained and we're going to introduce them. And you've had one of our other dog walkers, same training. It's going to be the same results. And I'm sure that mindset was a result of being, I say in bondage or a slave to your own company, yes. because when you don't have those options, when someone quits on you, if, if you're listening right now, and if someone were to quit on you today, and that would mean that you'd have to be in the field, you're not hiring enough people. Because in order to do what Randa has done successfully, that means that you need to have more people available to work for you than you necessarily have work for. Because if you don't, then your business is running you and you're not running it. Would you agree? Oh, yes, exactly. And it may cost you a little bit of money to have someone as a sub. I mean, we're still kind of tweaking our whole structure of how do you hire someone as a sub? Because obviously they're going to want to work every week. They're going to want to know what they're going to make. So we're still trying to find how you get those people, but you need them because you need to be able like right now, all of our dog walkers are full and we have new clients calling and we're like, what are we going to do with them? We need somewhere to put them. So you have to have someone in place. So, I mean, we're still trying to put a structure together. So even if you're paying them just a little bit to not work, it's your peace of mind of having that person that you can drop dog walks to if you need to. Because dog walking is so time precise. Pet sitting is actually a little easier to manage when somebody leaves because you don't have to be there at 1130 every day. Right, right. But dog walking, it gets a little tricky. Yeah. And for those of you listening, maybe you're just starting to get into the industry. And maybe we should have I'm just mentioned this at the beginning. There is a very clear difference between a dog walking structure of a pet business and a pet sitting. A lot of people do kind of start off doing both of them. Pet sitting is usually morning, afternoon, evening, and maybe even overnights. Dog walking is smack dab in the middle of the day, Monday through Friday. So it's more predictable. It's more regular. Okay. So that's the major difference that you're talking about. As we kind of come to an end of this, I could keep talking to you forever. (laughs) What's on the horizon for you? I know that you guys have got big things coming up. Well, I'm always working on something. (laughs) Yeah. Right now, the immediate ones are we're working on putting poop scooping in place for the spring. Uh And hopefully Bella's going to help me with that. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And we have franchising in the works that we're still ironing out because I don't want to launch it until we've got an absolute plan for the people coming on board to make it much easier than it was for us to you know, float <laughs> through everything. And training, training, training. I mean, we're working on ways to advance our staff to make them the absolute best of the best. I mean, my dream is to have them all be certified dog trainers eventually, uh-huh. because that's really where my heart is, is dog training. And I really feel like anyone putting their hands on an animal should have a lot of experience with how their behavior works. So someday, someday we'll be an all dog training, dog walking service. Uh I love that vision. And I love how you are now going to be like 10 Xing your business. Literally, you'll be 10 Xing your business. And 
because, Randa, you've made the proper decisions and you've adopted the proper mindset to always be putting yourself out of a job. And I think that's truly why you and Matt are sitting where you are today. So bravo. Thank you for inspiring our audiences. You guys, if you want to check out Randa, Randa, tell us your website. Our website is www.petheroes.com. It's going to be launching soon, probably by the time this goes live, it'll be up there and it's going to be awesome. Awesome. So go ahead and follow her on social media too. You guys, this has been another episode of Bella in your business. Please don't forget to like, share and subscribe the podcast. Please leave a review if you liked it. Go ahead and find where you found this posting and go ahead and say thanks, Randa, or let her know that her time was well spent today. And you guys remember to always keep jumping. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.